<clears throat> I got to clear the tortilla out of my throat. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you should say that. I woke up this morning and Stevie had uh, broken into a bag of corn tortillas and they were all over the floor. <gasps> what? So I spent my morning vacuuming up tortilla bits from the entire bottom uh, floor of the house. That's precious. Mm-hmm. Does Stevie eat bre- bread too? Oh yeah, he bites through the bag. I can't yeah. leave bread out. Duff did it. It's we had a we had a cat that did that too, and it's did weird. couldn't eat fish or it wouldn't eat fish or meat or any of the other like cat type treats, but bread, chips, tortillas. <laughs> it was Stevie crazy. will just eat anything. <laughs> so not low carb, <clears throat> not at all. <laughs> nope, he's not into ketogenesis. <laughs> cat ogenesis genesis ah, good one. Oh my god i need a sound effect for that Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagons, your twice-weekly podcast about a podcast that might just be too beautiful to live. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Anne Lundholm. It's your Monday morning recap of last week's TBTL, and we've got lots to cover. I am going to need everyone to upload their documents in Word, because we've got our Thrive meetings after the show, and that's the format our software uses, okay? So thanks. And joining me today to try and make that last minute positive impression from the just slightly north of Queso Studios is Meredith all the way Mayhan. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning, Anne. I didn't actually receive any of your attachments, by the way. Oh, so I always you forget. You could resend those. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And from the flagship studios of the 10710 Media Empire, it's the nice lady, Christy Wise. Good morning, Christy. Good morning, ladies. <laughs> it's so great to have you on a recap. I know. I'm excited and nervous and I feel like I might thrive, but I'm not sure. <laughs> so Bobby's off camping somewhere in the remote wilderness of Massachusetts <laughs> near Tanglewood, right? Yeah. And Mike's got a lot on his plate with all this buying and selling of real estate that he's been doing. So you graciously offered to make it a ladies recap with us. Yes. And as always, the theme for any all ladies LRB show is smash the patriarchy. And to that end, we'll handle all our LRB business, bring you the week in review Take care of some housekeeping and let you know how you can get involved with the show. I don't know, is uh, Smash the Patriarchy on our Thrive or not? It's on mine. Always. Oh, okay. You'll see when I send it to you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's worse, not sending the attachments or not reading the instructions to know that you need Word to do it. Of course they didn't read the instructions. (laughs) Of course they didn't. Well, the instructions probably came in his APM email, which he doesn't read (laughs) and cannot access, (laughs) even if he wanted to read it. (laughs) Oh, Nate, you had no idea what you were getting yourself into. (laughs) Well, let's get into the LRB business. Uh, We want to talk about Friday's show first. Uh, Finally, we got to have 
our number one Jeremy on the show. I know that uh, you'd been looking forward to it for a long time, Christy. Why don't you give people a rundown on what happened? Um, uh, He's great. He's very funny. Um, His favorite episode was one he had archived, which was the Lynn Shelton interview. I highly recommend everyone listening to that whole episode because it's great. Um, If you want to hear Luke fanboying over her, it's pretty, pretty interesting. Um, but we focused on bad no, on the bad customer service and first job talk. So mm-hmm. go listen to it. I remember. So I heard that episode when it first aired and then they played it again in a rerun. Excuse me, a best of. <laughs> and I remember when I saw that that was the show that day, I was like, oh, I don't want to listen to that lady again. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh, wait, I love her. She's terrific. <laughs> She's so great. Uh, yeah, so that was a great, and I thought Jeremy was very charming. Very. Good to have him on the show. Uh, next item up for business is just a reminder, it's this week is the LRB picnic, Friday, August 18th, 5 p.m., Woodland Park. Um, be there or be sad, I guess, <laughs> that you missed out on all the awesome fun. It's too late to ask what you're supposed to bring if you don't know by now there, we can't help you. If you didn't download the the uh, um, spreadsheet that shows you what to bring, well, then you, I guess you're just going to have to guess yeah, just bring what your what letter you like. of the alphabet. <laughs> and hope that it's right, because we're checking IDs at the door. <laughs> we'll have a spreadsheet and a calculator. It'll all be figured out, and you will be kicked out if you didn't, if you can't justify your product. Exactly. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> I have been baking this week, and I had to think of things that I could bring uh, on the airplane that would not uh, suffer for air travel. And usually when I I send stuff, I like wrap it in a couple of layers of uh, cling wrap, and then I wrap it in a couple layers of uh, aluminum foil, and it usually ends up looking like a brick. And I thought, is it wise to have this in my suitcase, (laughs) something that looks kind of like like a key of cocaine? Sure. Because <laughs> I don't really want my suitcase to get searched yeah. because it looks like I've got drugs in there. Maybe you should mail it to Christy ahead of time. Oh, maybe. And it maybe will probably half be left when you get it. Oh, yeah, that is a problem. <laughs> also, USPS kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Sorry, Jen. As we know from uh, Christmas, our Christmas gift exchange last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm either putting this in the hands of the USPS or the TSA. Yeah. Yikes. That's a real That's a hell of choice. A choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, by hook or by crook, I mean, get it there. I may have made more than one dessert. I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. And we hope to see you there if you can come. And good news, it's raining today, which we've all been excited for. Oh, because that means no more smoke in the air. Good. (laughs) Yes. I had worried about that a little bit. Yep. I mean, basically, they were saying anyone with asthma, pregnant women, old people stay in your house. Like those aren't good warnings to wake up to every morning. (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, good. I'm glad that that's resolved. Okay, moving on. So uh, last week on the recap, we talked about all the guest hosts, and we talked about Bean Baxter from the Kevin and Bean Show, who was a great host. 
And in a, just a really weird inception moment, uh, it turned out that Bean listened to our recap of him on the show. And then he put out an episode of his podcast where he talked about our recap of his appearance on TVTL. <laughs> and he played some audio clips <laughs> of us discussing potential Bean named podcasts. So, <laughs> so great. That's really funny. So we did find out his podcast, for those who don't know, he thinks he's going to stick with, thanks for that podcast, Bean. And it doesn't have its own feed. That was what was making it hard to find, Ooh. is that it's in the regular Kevin and Bean show feed. And then it just pops up mm -hmm. labeled as his podcast. So, and actually, I listened to the rest of that episode. It was nice. It was a nice, like, tribute to Glenn Campbell. And although I have some problems with Glenn Campbell because, you know, of all the domestic abuse stuff. <laughs> but uh, he made some some good uh, music. And Bean was talking about, like, um, how it's becoming problematic for people to hear old music like that anymore. Because now even the old oldies stations are, like, playing 80s and 90s right. music. Right. <laughs> Which is really just a kick uh, in the pants. Right. Sure is. <laughs> so anyway, thanks for that shout out on your podcast, Bean. What a gentleman. Yeah. Uh, so in the on the subject of throw your phone and hug your phone moments, we did get quite a few this week. They're all specifically related to uh, topics on certain days. So I won't go over any of them now. And... If we remember, I have a hard time remembering when we sort of get into the middle of the conversation. But as we remember it, we'll we'll sprinkle them in. And as always, thank you very much for all your hug your phone and throw your phone moments. Uh, you guys make me laugh so hard <laughs> with some of these. <laughs> They're so great. <laughs> and with that, Christy, why don't you start us off? All right. I have Monday episode number 2,440, or as Luke said, some a bunch of numbers that he didn't remember. Um, <laughs> nothing but a G-crang. <laughs> uh, Luke is back. He's back again. And he started his intro, and Andrew said, oh, that was pretty good. Uh, I wouldn't have done it that way. And, <laughs> and Luke that said funny. that took the wind out of my tall ship, which I loved. That was <laughs> probably the highlight of the day for me. Um we got a little bit of peek behind the curtain. I mean, we all knew this, that Andrew does basically all the work. Right. But when Luke's there, he doesn't, he gets to take a seat back. Like he doesn't have to run the show, mm -hmm. um, but he does everything else. 99% of the work, which we all knew, um, but they said it out loud. But uh, Andrew says he wants to be more deliberate about the show. I think that's a pretty great idea. Yeah. <laughs> that's a wonderful like, idea. Read some articles. Um. <laughs> Do a little work. Do a little he work. was back at it again this week. He said multiple times that he hadn't read the articles that Luke had sent <laughs> <Right>. him. <laughs> He's back on vacation. Right. <laughs> uh, my, my favorite part about this was he was talking about having to wear multiple hats, I guess. Yeah. Producer and lead host or whatever and they were trying to figure out how he could actually wear multiple physical hats how could he wear his mariner's hat and a fedora at the same mm -hmm. time and they came up with the idea of having a mariner's fedora <laughs> god no well do you know what's sad is that they have mariner's fedora night Ew, no what? yes we should probably try to find it for the show picture because um the company oh, i used god. to work for made them <laughs> That's why I had to quit. 
my god, I see them. <laughs> they're terrible. Oh, right? they're awful. <laughs> oh, there's a plaid one. <laughs> Yikes. Um, Andrew's still doing his morning walk, so it lasted more than a week. That's awesome. That's great. Um, and he, at 11:30 on a Saturday, he was pulling tabs and injured himself while bowling. <laughs> I, I kind of empathize with this because every time I go bowling, I, I end up with a sore thumb because I bowl kind of incorrectly. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I probably like tweak my thumb every time I throw the ball and I'm not oh. used to, I'm not used to doing that. And I, so I almost always the next day I have a really, really sore thumb. So I can't throw too much shade at him for that. Yeah. My thing is that my forearm mm-hmm. is always so, I mean, you, when you only go bowling like once every three years, yeah, right. it's not like your it uses, bowling muscles are developed. Right. It uses muscles you don't ever use. Like, think about it. You're chucking a 10 pound ball down a lane, right? So, yeah. and you're, uh, my always like my right thigh, because you're like putting all the, doing oh, that yeah, motion yeah. that's sure. never do ever. Right. <laughs> Yeah, Andrew was talking about bowling by himself, and I was like, I don't want to bowl by myself. I need somebody else to (laughs) break up the time so I can recover. Right. (laughs) Well, and also, I feel like people that bowl alone are really good. And so if if someone, oh, yeah, I see it because I've seen it, right? You see, oh, he has 200. He's gotten all strikes. That's awesome. And I come in and it's like 87. Yeah, (laughs) me too. (laughs) I'm just here for the cheese sticks. (laughs) All right. So I was thinking the top story is Luke's vacation. So I'm going to do it as a lightning round. Okay. (laughs) He's obsessed with Les Paul. He didn't shower for six days and wore swim trunks for four days. He putted around the house and swam. I think this is the perfect vacation. He went to a shady water park. It's smoky here. And Luke wonders if this is going to be the rest of our lives. I've also wondered that. (laughs) Um he made a hacky Tatooine joke that everyone else um, in the world made on Twitter. He likes not being anxious about his hair. Lynn bought a new domain, which is called Can You Believe Luke Is TV. <laughs> Newman said Ask Gasket too much for Andrew's liking, so he edited it out. Luke lost and then found some sunglasses. As a kid, Andrew fell in the driveway and his mom got mad about his glasses. And Luke said, um, in the impulse or in the moment we always react how it will negatively affect us and we should probably try to change that luke has 875 unread emails this would kill me oh no (laughs) i can't handle this i'm a zero inbox person yes like at least read them at least i cannot handle that badge yes Mm -mm. yep um he went to therapy it sounds like a lot he had a lot of um good insights um i think we should have a new segment called life lessons with tara yeah um (laughs) i love it yeah um being in uh, her life lesson of today was being worried is not the same as problem solving i think anyone with anxiety totally relates to this and i thought that that was pretty good i think he should probably get that tattooed on him um being embarrassed won't kill you but insecurity may i thought this was pretty interesting too we spend 47 minutes talking about the pronunciation of Tanya versus Tanya. <laughs> and uh, he says two out of three Burbanks can't be wrong. So the, I have started a new thing called I'm going to give a put up and a put down. So okay. about this, Luke has a superpower in it. And I don't know where it comes from or how he does it, but he at a live event having never met someone or 
have met them a bunch of times can remember little details about them. Oh, yeah, you're from this place and you just had a baby and oh, you sent us this thing. And it's what makes him so great. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I'm sure everyone noticed that in Austin, like he's just very charismatic. But when it comes to these donors of the day, it's like he he goes, oh, yeah, I think I met that person. And all it would take would be a couple of minutes of research on three a day. They could look them up on Facebook. They could do a little look through their emails. Have they sent me emails? Oh, yeah, this is that person that did that really cool thing for TBTL back in the day. And so that's my put down is use this for the donors of the day. People love this. They love the community that Jen created. They need to just foster it. And a little tiny research would do that. That's Yes. And when he spends the time kind of meandering around in his head trying to remember things, that's what takes him off down these weird (laughs) tangents Mm -hmm. that they get stuck in for 20 minutes during thanking the donors of the day. I yeah. wouldn't hold your breath on this, though, because first of all, Luke's not on Facebook. Right. Second of all, he has 875 unread emails. <laughs> I don't think he's going <laughs> to. Oh, he'll just delete them. But he's probably <laughs> deleted all of our old emails, too, yeah. right? Well, that's what he said. He Remember, he deleted all of his Oh, yeah, TVTL he started emails. over. Because <laughs> he just got overwhelmed. Okay, right. so yeah, that's not going to work. And Andrew's certainly not going to do it. He's not going to take on any more tasks now that Luke is back. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, excellent idea, Christy, but... <laughs> Yes. Oh, I know it won't get done. I'm just (laughs) saying. It would be a good idea. Use your superpower. It is your superpower. And it's awesome. And I wish I had that. Well, and it makes us feel really special. It's nice to hear your name on the air. And it's cool when he remembers some obscure detail about you. Mm -hmm. Right. And I do have to say, it's uh, the donor is Tanya. I went to high school with her. She's awesome. Hopefully she'll be at the picnic. The, the funny thing about this whole Tanya, Tanya discussion was that Luke was so adamant about proving that he was right about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, Andrew was like, Tanya, are you sure? I've never heard that before. And then it was like it was on. And Luke <laughs> was like, Carrie, Carrie, get in here. And I, I'm with Andrew on this. I mean, your wife saying that that's how yeah. she pronounces it is <laughs> not, not any proof. more evidence no. for me. I mean, I love Carrie, but I she's not the Tanya Tucker no. Wikipedia page or anything. <laughs> so they kept going back and forth and Luke was just pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. I went down a little bit of a YouTube rabbit hole trying to find it too. And it really was 50-50. But what mm-hmm. I think, because then I found her actually saying it. Um, and I think that it's an accent. I think Andrew was right about it being like Tanya Tucker. Like that is Mm -hmm. the accent. Mm -hmm. And then the emphasis is on a different syllable because of that. Right. And then us Yankees. We'll say Tanya. Can't figure (laughs) it out. With the hard on. Ton. Ton. Make sure you read the throw your phone moments on this because (laughs) they were so funny. Oh, yes, they were. Um, Danny, 10 minutes on pronouncing Tanya. Kalina, Luke's first day back from two weeks from the show, and they spend most of it arguing about how to pronounce Tanya Tucker, Tanya Tucker's <laughs> insert gift of Michael Bluth saying, I don't know what I expected. <laughs> um, Bobby says, Phyllis would have found a phone number for Tanya Tucker, ta- sorry, Tanya, <laughs> and called it at a time she knew she would be unavailable and could hear the outgoing message. 
That's true. That's very true. <laughs> that would be Phyllis. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and she probably knows someone that was her college roommate, so she could have gotten insider information there. True. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think this email was one of my favorites. Emailer Elizabeth said that there was once a hot air balloon floating too low in her field growing up. So her dad got on a horse, like you do, you know, and then the horse got scared. And she said, you're right. They do think they're better than everyone else. <laughs> they just land their balloon wherever they want to. When we have um, an airport close to us that does these hot air balloon rides and when i was growing up a hot air balloon was coming towards our house and actually the basket scraped the roof whoa and they were all like they were throwing things out to try to i guess make it lighter and we could hear them swearing and that the it seems so peaceful up in there but it's really loud that like oh yeah 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 i bet it is Mm -hmm. it's not romantic or peaceful at all no it's scary and loud and and probably with a lot of (laughs) probably death right (laughs) and fear (laughs) <laughs> well you just pass out from the propane fumes and right. right exactly it's great <laughs> oh please don't sharpshoot us again on what fuel hot air balloons use yes <laughs> um i did i wanted to mention something that was in the um not your lightning round but luke's long description of what happened on this vacation is that he was talking about uh, snowmobiling for some reason and made a point of saying we don't call them snowmobiles anywhere. We call them snow machines. And I was like, says who? Who's we? Who? Oh. Alaska calls them snow machines. I was looking on the internet. It looks like some smart, small parts of Colorado call them snow machines. But the rest of the world calls them snowmobiles, including the top two manufacturers of snowmobiles located in Minnesota, Polaris and Arcticat. So just want to make that clear. I mean, we're not taking our cues from Sarah Palin, right? No. no. Okay, good. <laughs> just on that alone, yeah. I think snow machines should be out. Exactly. Sorry, Alaskans. <laughs> I mean, it's a valid word. You just made your own one. Snow machine it. makes me think of snow, the fake snow maker. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's go to Tuesday, number 2441, keeping it zero. And we find out that Luke and Carrie are taking care of Daisy May, who's Carrie's parents' dog. I think they must have had her on Monday, too. He just didn't bring it up then. But I thought it was really cute that Daisy May was lying underneath the desk and Rudy went and evicted her when it was time for the show. (laughs) Like, this is my spot. And I forget how they got into this, but they somehow made the suggestion that they should have a reality show of some sort called Real Podcasters of King County. Christy, are you in King County or not? No, and neither is Luke. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sure in the in Seattle area, there would be many, many podcasters. This is a great idea. Yeah. Who would do this? (laughs) I think it would be fun to do a little radio drama of that. I think we could take that in a lot of places. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Then we get into some problematic things. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be upfront with everybody here. We can consider this my my put down is that I got really, really, really frustrated with the show. In fact, I turned it off 10 to 15 minutes before it was over because I couldn't take it anymore. And I was trying to listen to it on Tuesday night, and I got so mad 
that I was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to bed. It's 945. I'm, I'm out of here. I just can't do this anymore. And then I was trying to listen to it, finish it up the next day. And I got mad and turned it off. So I'm, I'm going to try not to color my commentary too much. But I thought this was was a hot mess, the rest of this. So then there is some very confused talk about the triangle of death no wait, the Triangle of Fire, all because Luke was talking about going camping at Fort something, and he said Fort something else, and then he had to spend 15 minutes talking about the Triangle of Fire, which I don't understand what came from that. Uh, Then he was uh, relating something he was saying to Carrie, where he uh, had a Bono impression that he does, where he says... Did a boogie? Did a boogie? <laughs> and she didn't know what he was talking about. So then he had to go back and find the actual audio on the the uh, the album. <clears throat> and I'm not actually a YouTube fan, sorry guys. So I don't know very much about this. But Bono doesn't say it anything like Luke was nope. mocking him for <laughs> saying it. And then he hates on Bono for a while, and Luke is pretty pretty good to hate on Bono about once a year and it always uh, upsets me because there's nothing wrong with Bono. Uh, Luke's chief complaint seems to be that Bono is full of himself or is auspiciously a do-gooder or something. I don't know what his problem is that he's too on the nose. Probably. Possibly. Probably. He's such a rock star. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, all those hotel rooms that he trashed and all that stuff. No, Bono is just out like digging wells in Africa and trying to. All that clean water he's delivering. Ugh, give me a break. (laughs) I know. So I always get unreasonably angry. Not, again, being a U2 or a Bono fan. I'm like, just, you know, he's an unironic nice guy who really used his superpower of being a music rock star to do good for some poor people. And if he's a little self-congratulatory about it, that is a price that I will pay. And he mocks him for getting into the weeds on the intro for this song. And I'm like, dude, give me a bark. You have no reason to criticize anybody about getting under the weeds. That's your specialty. See five minutes earlier, triangle of death slash fire. Right. See this entire week. (laughs) Yeah. And then he mocks Bono for telling Edge to play the blues for something that clearly was not the blues. And I was like, well, this is the guy that told the long story about the guy in the airport who had the speaker who was playing the smooth jazz that was clearly not smooth jazz. (laughs) Good point. Right. And isn't the blues how you feel? So maybe that's how the edge felt. (laughs) Maybe that's how he expresses sadness. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) But if we go on to the top story, I did really like this top story. I thought it was so sweet. Uh, John Oliver on what's the show called This Week Tonight? Yeah, last uh, week did tonight. a feature last week tonight. Thank you. Featured uh, Cisco Morris. Well, it was called something like "You Wished You Loved Anything as Much as Cisco <laughs> Morris Loves Everything," yes. and it was just uh, uh, like a four-minute clip, I think, of Cisco being just wonderfully Cisco-y. <laughs> There was there was no mention of purple balls, but there's a lot of rhubarb talk yep. that I appreciated. 
And I, it was delightful. And uh, Luke wants to know if Cisco is for real or if this is some sort of act. I mean, is it like Richard Simmons where he just puts on that public face, but then he's all sad and depressed mm-hmm. when he's by himself? And Andrew has a nice story about sort of meeting um, Cisco. Was it like early, early mm-hmm. on the weekend day at a radio station and how Cisco was just as nice and outgoing and friendly then as he is at all of his public appearances? So I don't know. Obviously, I've never met him, but he's super cute and entertaining. (laughs) And then they have this thing where they tell, but they don't tell. They just allude to some strange, scandalous gossip about Cisco. And they they can't tell it, but they want to tell it. But they don't want anybody to think worse of Cisco. And I was like, what is going on? And it turns out that the scandalous story is that one time Cisco was very concerned about making sure that he got his glass of white wine at some public appearance. That was a lunch. It wasn't like at a school, like an elementary school. <laughs> he needs a you know a glass of white wine before he goes on. It was at a luncheon. And I would bet that he asked for it maybe as like an RSVP, like, oh, I'd like this. And that maybe a handler called back to make sure mm-hmm. yeah from all this build-up i thought for sure that he was leading a a a pimp organization or something yes. like it was <laughs> so much build-up for nothing <laughs> no well i'm glad that they actually said what it was yeah. because otherwise we would have still I been think, thinking about it yeah yeah i would have done more harm if they hadn't said anything then we just would have thought that cisco was some secret perv which he is not, hopefully. No, no. Um, moving on to the next story, which I called Cheeseburgers, You're Doing It Wrong. <laughs> There's an immediate tangent on the doneness of burgers by Luke. And Luke says that he typically likes his burgers cooked more well done because of the germs and sickness and whatever that you can get from mass-produced burgers that are you know, cooked on somebody's home grill at a cookout and i was like really that's why you want your burgers well done (laughs) what about your steak what's the excuse for steak (laughs) i mean just eat what you like you don't have to come up with like a some weird excuse yeah (laughs) yeah um and andrew counters this by saying that at a cookout that see i'm trying very hard not to say barbecue trying to make sure that i say thank you cookout using the correct terminology that uh, he decided the hell with what everybody else wants. I'm going to make these burgers the way that I want to make them. And he didn't specify, but I gathered that it was like rare yeah. or medium rare, just pinker than you normally would have a hamburger at a backyard grill. And then he was offended that somebody put their burger back on the grill to cook more. That's ridiculous. This whole thing made me so mad. First of all, you when you're at one of these things, the, the grill master asks everyone how they want yes. their burgers or their steak. That's like yes. rule number one. And if you don't know how to do it, then you're not the one in charge of the grill. (laughs) If they give the wrong answer, you have to correct them and do it the right way, Meredith. (laughs) Yes. Well, and also just because um, Andrew has such food issues about texture and things that he likes, he should understand that someone would want it a little bit different. 
No kidding. Yeah. He, and the the thing that he says about this is that he, he drops the nugget that it was somebody who was one of the guest co-hosts over the last two weeks. And I will bet one million Monopoly dollars that it was Rachel Bell. <laughs> Why did you think this? Because she's the foodie. Yeah. Because she's the other person that has very specific tastes and likes and, knows and dislikes what she's talking about, about Rachel Bell. She went to culinary school in like Paris and like traveled Japan and like all this stuff to learn about food. She knows what she's talking about. That's why I think he was embarrassed about it is because it was Rachel. If it was anyone else, he would have been annoyed. Like if it was Aaron Mason, he'd just be like, whatever. Whatever. I would love to hear Rachel Bell defend herself. Not that she needs to, but I would just enjoy listening to that. Yeah, me too. Right. Although, so Luke says that what this person should have done was just snuck it back on the grill without... (sighs) Without telling what? Andrew, which is ridiculous. How? How big is this grill supposed to be? You know, yeah, that there, there's no way for that to happen, probably, no. depending on the setup of the location. Um, and and who cares how anyone else wants their burger? Look, we had, right. <laughs> this reminded me of a story the first year that we were in this house, we were here for Christmas and we hosted, you know, like the Christmas orphans who couldn't go back home for whatever reason um, for, for Christmas. And so Duff made prime rib. And, you know, prime rib's usually pretty rare. And I'm not a huge mm-hmm. fan of prime rib because I don't like really, really rare meat. Yeah. Um, and so I think there were other stuff. You know, I had sides. There was plenty of food. No one was going hungry. But one of our guests was really not into it but wanted prime rib. And so he put his back into the microwave no. to cook it more. <laughs> no. And look, I was <laughs> privately horrified. But I was like, man, whatever you want to do, it's your meal go for it. Like, I didn't shame him. I didn't embarrass him. I was just like, ew. All right, fine. (laughs) You have to eat it. (laughs) And frankly, if it's that big of a deal that I didn't want the other the grill master to know that I didn't like my burger the way that they cooked it, I just wouldn't eat it. There's always a million side dishes at those parties. So just discreetly dump it. Or eat the outside, leave the raw part, you know, full. It's fine. It seems weird to be a grill master and default to rare hamburger because I feel like because of the, you know, mainly because of Oprah, um, everyone's scared of mad cow disease. And it just seems (laughs) like you should do medium well or ask people. Yeah, just ask people. Right. It's your job as the grill master. Luke does have a point about... You know, wanting to make sure that you get your burger cooked in an environment where you don't know that people are following the appropriate health and safety regulations. Yes. Yes. Especially because they're not pre-made. The the ones Andrew made are like he handmade those. Mm -hmm. So they're usually thicker. So, I mean, you could get raw in the middle. Uh, All of this is just making me so grossed out. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but the danger from that is is really very, very, very small. Yes. And if you want your burger that way, I guess you take that risk, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean, you could maybe get like a cat dingleberry in there. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Never thought of that. Gross. Thanks. (laughs) And hates poop talk yet brought this up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but I said dingleberry. Oh, okay. No, I'm never eating a burger that Andrew makes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go back to the actual article that they're supposed to be discussing was that the whole 
point of this was that you should put the cheese on the cheeseburger after you take it off the grill because it doesn't need that much time to melt. Okay. And apparently you'll you'll go to cheeseburger jail if you do it the wrong way. And you should also put any uh, extras, your onions, your tomatoes, your lettuce, whatever, on the bottom bun instead of on top of the patty. Otherwise, you you'll die in a fiery cheeseburger accident. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess it makes sense for because I mean, uh, the sporkful talks about all this time, all, all the time that we should be eating pizza upside down. Right. We should be eating bagels upside down because all of the taste is on the bottom. You know, our taste buds are on the bottom and they don't get the sensation. So it makes sense. I have a friend that flips her burger upside down when she eats it. Yeah, hmm, that's fine. I just, yeah. yeah, again, policing other people's um, right. Right. Yeah. menu choices just <laughs> yeah. seems like a weird thing to, that's a yes. weird hill to die on. Mm-hmm. And then I forget how they get into this next discussion. Probably they start talking about the Mariners mm-hmm. as they do. Mm-hmm. You know, like they just, they can't help it no. when somebody offhandedly mentions the Mariners and then Luke's like, but, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Anders like, I shouldn't talk about this, but no, I'm not going <laughs> to, but I have to. But they, he starts talking about how Mariners announcer Rick Riz loves the movie A League of Their Own <laughs> and is constantly talking about it. <laughs> and it's just like... Gina Davis. Yep. Great. Great. <laughs> the League of Their Own. Just great. And Andrew does this, this pretty funny impression yep. of him doing it. And uh, Luke says, does John Lovitz have a cameo in it? And I'm like, no, because John Lovitz is fairly high up on the cast list. He doesn't have a cameo. No. He has He's like the main a recruiter. Yeah. Part. <laughs> yep. And the upshot of all this is that last night I watched League of Their Own again. Oh, I've been wanting to. I love that movie. It's so good. I get that song. Remember the theme song? The Madonna song? No. The one that the lady sings on the little ukulele. Oh, that one. I get that stuck in my head for days. members of the All-American League. Yeah, I I can sing the whole thing. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Lori Petty. So good. Gina Davis. Rosie O'Donnell. I, I watched that movie and I just looked at Gina Davis and I'm like, oh my God, her face is just amazing. It really is. Yeah. Amazing. I can't even. And Tom Hanks was great in that movie. So, so good. I, I look, Luke should watch it. I'm a huge Rosie O'Donnell fan. I mean, I, like lately she's a little off off the, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, so I've followed her career and I love her talking about making that movie where she's from the same place as Penny Marshall, Long Island. So mm. she's the only one that could understand. So during the direction, she would say, I need someone to do this. And Rosie was the only one who could understand her. So she'd be like, I, me. So she had a much bigger part than <laughs> she would have. <laughs> Oh, that's a good movie. Good movie. <laughs> Tom Hanks. <laughs> uh, now, to quote Meredith, the show should have ended here. Agree. Yep. And yet, it does not. <laughs> and like Christy, I will lightning round through this. Uh, they talk about acting, University of Washington, Anna Ferris. Oh, I have to stop here and say for all that Luke made a gigantic deal about produ- pronouncing Tanya Tucker right, mm-hmm. he just casually mispronounced yes. Anna Ferris's name. Yes. <laughs> right there. And, and he made a point of saying how he was in a class with her. In, or maybe classes. Wait, so why have we not, not heard this before? He, her. 
Yeah, I don't think so. That I seems like a pretty big thing that he would have talked about. That seems like a name he would have dropped yeah. before this. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I suspect he never had any interaction mm. with Anna Ferris. I mean, don't you think they're talking about like some intro acting class that had like 100 people in it? Oh, probably. I mean, something. I listen to her show and she always talks about taking acting classes at the UW or being there. And I knew that they were there at the same time. But this was the first mm-hmm. time I've heard that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So anyway, acting, University of Washington, Anna Ferris, married with children. How Luke's acting teacher had some weird stereotyped role as, you know, Middle Eastern guy on Married with Children. The Fox television network, when everybody started watching Fox, what programs they watched, uh, Bean had a role as a DJ on Married with Children. No, wait, it was Kevin <laughs> that had a role on Married with Children. Uh, anything that I missed? We're good. Yep. <laughs> uh, then on to the song of the summer. And this is where I did really, really get frustrated because they couldn't even make it through the song of the summer. Oh, wait, we had a really good throw your phone moment on that from Kirsten who said, I don't hate Song of the Summer with the fire of a thousand suns like Mike Frizzell does, (laughs) but OMG, the guys made me hate listening to the song reveals on Tuesday. Seriously, you paused for how long to play a song that's not even a part of the contest? (laughs) This is painful enough as it is. I will admit, though, Andrew playing the hype man dur- during Luke's ZipRecruiter ad it did make me laugh, but I will chalk that up to being as loopy as they were by that time. <laughs> yeah, probably, because that was probably the low light of the week for me. I know. Yeah, that's where I uh, turned yeah, it off. So many after. people loved the I hype just... man, so we just have to give, if you liked it, there you go. We acknowledge yep, that it good happened. Job. I think maybe if it had come earlier in an episode and it had been more developed. Or not in the middle of the Song of the Summer. Yes. And <laughs> and by the, they were just sort of giddy and giggling mm-hmm. and explaining that they'd had audio problems. And that why it was why things were so weird. But by the time they got done with that ZipRecruiter ad, uh, Andrew was like, okay. And the fourth matchup. And Luke was like, wait, there's more songs. Oh, <laughs> like he forgot they were and still in the middle of the summer. There's only four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nelly. <laughs> oh, but anyway, our final four for people who care are Portugal the Man, Big Boy. That matchups, that's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Calvin mm-hmm. Harris song. Uh, then there was that whole weird interlude. And then Super Defense. And I'll say again, I have nothing against Super Defense. He seems like a super sweet guy, but I got to think that that might be a consequence of them reading his email. You know, Mm -hmm. I said that before on a previous recap is that was Luke putting his thumb on the scale Mm -hmm. in a big way for that song, because that Beth Ditto song was so good. It really was. It was great. Mm -hmm. And I hope that Andy, that was his name, right? Andy from Super Defense. I hope he wins it because if this is the way it's going to be, then I'd rather have him have it over any of those established big bands. Well, and I guess we'll see. Luke keeps saying that he knows the Portugal of the man. So why hasn't he had them on? That would be work, Christy. (laughs) Well, and also, (laughs) is that just him wanting Super Defense? Because if he's on, that oh. wins, right? 
Right. Yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. Remember the days when they used to have bands on all the time? Yeah, yeah those were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Diversity of opinion here. <laughs> well, some bands were okay. It's just that sometimes musicians are not good interviewers. They're not funny. They're, they're good at music. I mean, we had yeah. um, Shaky Graves was amazing. That he He's the exception to the rule. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. real toss-up. Like, I listen to Comedy Bang Bang a lot, and I automatically skip the bands that they have on because they're always <laughs> so not funny. I mean, that's yeah. a funny show, and they're just not because that's not their job. They're musicians. Right. right. It's mm-hmm. fine. Well, I'm not saying that I loved all of the bands, yeah. but uh, but it did sort of lend a, like a different feeling to the show mm-hmm. sometimes. It broke up and the I guess, monotony a little For sure. <laughs> well, at, and that's one of the problems with, I mean, not problems, but that's one of the consequences of Luke having moved to Bellingham right. is that when he was living in Seattle, I think that was a much easier sell to get some bands on the show. Yep. Okay. Um, let's go to Wednesday, 2442. Don't believe the hype man. I don't believe the hype man. <laughs> um, they start out immediately talking about a song in a commercial for Alaska Airlines Visa, which I've never seen and probably most of the audience has never seen. And they go on this deep dive trying to figure out who made it. And Luke discovers that it was an ad song company who wrote it. So it's pretty underwhelming <laughs> reveal on this one. Um, and then, of course, uh, Luke uh, posits his theory that this ad must have been funnier before the those ad wizards got their hands on it and and, and watered it down. I I will um, concede that he knows a lot more about making commercials than I do, and he had that terrible experience with the Microsoft commercial <laughs> where he said that they had all the funny stuff, but then the ad wizards made them do the lamest things. So that could be the point or sure. the, the way that it happens. But we don't know that. Well, and, and that can't be... Talk about one note, one of his favorite criticisms. That can't be the only reason for every bad commercial. It seems to be his yeah. criticism for all of them. <laughs> well, also, that Microsoft ad seems very interesting that they threw a bunch of people into a room and said improv. That probably doesn't usually happen they write it and then you hire actors to say the lines not mm-hmm. go into a room and improv a bunch and just of stuff. make stuff up yeah. yeah yeah um luke really hates on unicorns um that's not a thing that can go in cappuccino <laughs> foam but of course it is because you can right. put anything on cappuccino anything. foam yeah. um, oh man i i looked up at the at those pictures and I was like, how how can that not be photoshopped? That's so amazing. They do some really amazing art. There's contests. There's like barista contests for making art in foam. Wow. Yeah. Well, unicorns have officially joined the bacon mustache robot universe of things agree. that are too on the nose for Luke. Yeah. Agree. I, I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Enough with the unicorns. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Andrew challenges Luke to come up with a better commercial, just kind of ballsy <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> and Luke can't, of course, because no one can do that on the spot. Um, top story of the day is that <laughs> this insane driverless van in, in Arlington, Virginia, was spotted um, and a news crew uh, tried to flag down this van. Uh, to see what was going on, and it found they found out that there was a man dressed as a car seat inside. 
(laughs) (laughs) And they play the news tape and we get this incredible sentence. Brother, who are you? What are you doing? I'm with the news, dude. (laughs) Which is a drop that they used the next day. And I hope they continue to use forever. So good. I, I was like, who is this weird news reporter how unprofessional is this but then i went and i looked him up he's he's kind of charming he you know you get whatever that surfer vibe from the dude and the brother yeah that but he's not mm-hmm. at all he's just a, like a nice young reporter who seems to be sort of th- thrilled at all the attention he's like can you believe this <laughs> maybe he's trying to deactivate the guy. I mean, yeah. You go up to a strange van where someone's dressed like a car seat. <laughs> just you want to, yeah. You want to just be like, "Hey, what's up, guy?" Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that seems like good reporting technique. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to be able to talk to the people. You want to get them to open up to you, so you don't just want to be like, "Hello, I'm whoever with news, right. whatever." Open up. It's the yeah. news. <laughs> yeah, because that could be like police echoes of police, right? right? Like right. pull over, you know. Yeah, I, I couldn't figure out exactly what they were talking about when they said car seat. I was like, wait, child's car yeah, seat? Yeah, that's what I what thought too. But, oh my God, the pictures are hilarious. Yeah. It took me several repetitions of them talking about it to understand that the guy was dressed like a seat of a car. Yeah. Yeah. To make it look like there was no one driving it, which is crazy. What a weird way to conduct this study. It's so weird. Oh, so this is not the first study. I went on a little bit of a deep dive on driverless car studies um they did a study a couple of years ago on uh, at stanford about this and the point of the study is to see like how um pedestrians react to driverless cars so like if you're about to cross at a crosswalk and you see a driverless car how do you react just uh, so it's not it's not exactly the way that that Luke was talking about it. I it was actually I don't know if it was a workable thing, but it was really interesting. So it was more about pedestrian reactions than because they said apparently there's there's like a um you know that visual language where you make contact with other drivers or people sure. in the road so that everybody's like on the same page like i'm gonna go now right yeah Yeah, so what if you couldn't have that visual connection how would people react so i'm like oh okay that's that's kind of interesting yeah um luke says that people's reaction would be of shock because it's illegal um i think that's a weird (laughs) a weird conclusion um it's not that it's illegal it's that it's bizarre and we aren't used Mm -hmm. to it (laughs) you know i i don't think anyone is like call the police there's no one driving that driver. Well, who's breaking the law if it's a driverless car? You know, arrest car? that car. <laughs> Citizens arrest. <laughs> when when they become more ubiquitous and and more commonplace, um, I think that might be the time to do that study. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. now, we're just going to be like, oh shit, there's no one driving the car. Yeah. <laughs> like the it's out of out. control. Right. <laughs> Get the news dude to come to interview him. Um, Andrew says it's like when you get caught eating a ton of little Debbies when you're a kid and you tell your parents ex- for an experiment. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which That's... is something we can all relate to, right? This is so loud and so specific. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone have this? No. No. I, he was getting his snack rolls confused, though. Did he First he said Ding Dong, but that's Hostess, not Little Debbie. Yeah. On, I Andrew. don't know why I care. <laughs> You need to be specific with your desserts. Yeah. It's important. Oh, boy. 
Top story number two is a guy who got stuck in the middle of nowhere with his CRV and he survived for a few days on beer crackers and his own pee. Um, Mm. This sounds horrible, um, but as somebody who has been stuck out in the middle of nowhere with their CRV, (laughs) I can empathize (laughs) with this guy. I had very minimal provisions on my uh, trip to West Texas. Um, Luckily, we hiked away and found some people. Uh, we were only stranded for a couple of hours, but this sounds really scary. It sounds like this guy thought mm-hmm. he was going to die. Like he oh. recorded a message to his family and everything. So that was really awful. Um, I imagine he probably, I mean, I guess I assumed because I had a flat tire that this guy had a flat tire and no cell service. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's entirely possible that he ran out of gas. Turns out that a guy named Troy, just Troy, you know, Troy, <laughs> uh, picked this guy up on a motorcycle and and saved him. And then they go off on a long tear about um, running out of gas stories. And uh, no surprise, this happened to Luke constantly uh, when he was a <laughs> right. young adult and in his family all the time. Um And he tells a kind of a harrowing story about his dad navigating down a mountain in neutral to save gas. Um, And one minor nitpick that I had is that Luke said that Walter was literally sweating bullets, which would be kind of weird. I'd like to see that. (laughs) Yeah. So I've ran out of gas one time in college, and it was because I was very, very, very poor. um, And I just had miscalculated how much I had... uh, left you know to to make it back from school so i was driving home from my university and and ran out of gas on the side of the road the insurance came gave me a gallon and it was fine do we have any running out of gas stories no i it's one of my biggest fears i think because um well you guys both know living in the in the midwest it's either too hot or too cold and like that's a fear like always keep it at half a tank and then fill it up at least that's what my dad told me so i just always did that yeah Yeah. if i get lower than a quarter of a tank i start to get anxious because i feel like what if i forget i don't look at my gas gauge constantly so what if i just don't remember and i let it go too far i i really liked it when they started talking about this and and luke was going on about how he used to run out of gas all the time and andrew was just like wait like (laughs) regularly (laughs) just run out of gas yeah, I feel like that happens once, and then you never. Yeah, that's let it my my feeling too. It's like, yeah. So everybody has something like you had, Meredith, where you run out of gas for some reason, but then for it to keep happening, yeah, it never <laughs> happened again. That's a priority. I mean, yeah. even if you're poor, like you got to get to school, you got to get to work, you got to do something yep. about the gas situation. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see. Emails. We get one from Sarah who uh, talks about how the hook in that Feel It Still song by Portugal the Man is basically Please Mr. Postman, which I thought the first time I heard it, but they seem kind of uh, shocked by this and they have to go back and listen to both of them. Um, I can't believe they don't hear it. I know, it was so obvious. so obvious. (laughs) So obvious. And then they play a really awful dubstep version of it and then a not-too-terrible Dr. Dre version, which is kind of fun. Um, and then another email from Zach, uh, which is so great, <laughs> talking about uh, listening to WNYC, and they were doing a promo for something that had Jizza in it, and the NPR lady called him the GZA. <laughs> so good. That's so NPR, right? <laughs> yeah, obviously nobody in Staten Island listens to NPR. No. <laughs> and taking a cue from Bobby, I was like, she should have just called him when he knew he wasn't home. <laughs> yeah. Not the pronouncer. 
Um, they transition to talking to Nick about Song of Ice and spoilers, but in the meantime, Luke says something about running into Nick's girlfriend at a Girl Scout campfire, and they just blow right by that. And yes. I need to open a congressional more, investigation into more this. More questions than answers. <laughs> why on earth was Luke at a Girl Scout campfire? I don't know. Why? I, need... I have no theories. I have no clues. I have no idea. And they idea. just both kind of laughed it off. Oh, yeah. yeah she told sure. Me. Yeah. Girl Scout campfire. And then I don't huh. watch Game of Thrones and I didn't listen to this. So if anyone has any comments, go right ahead. I The only thing I have is everyone should on YouTube stop what you're doing right now and look up Game of Jones, which is Leslie Jones and Seth Meyers watching uh, Game of Thrones together. Oh, that and, sounds terrific. Oh, yeah, I saw that a couple of times, but I didn't watch it yet. It is glorious and majestic. It makes me want to watch it and be friends with Leslie Jones. Is it good even if you don't know yes. what they're talking about? Oh, yes. And she, I guess she live tweets the show um, every week, and it makes me just want to read her tweets. Oh, she's so funny. She's hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh I do. I want to mention something about Ice and Spoilers that's bothered me for a long time, but I forget to bring it up every time we talk about it, is why can they never figure out how to transition in and out of this segment? Every week, it's this discussion. Wait, do we play the song yeah, now? We'll so, okay, we play, we play the regular outro song, right? And then we come in with the game of cats or something <laughs> every time i usually turn it off before we get there so this is not a frustration i have <laughs> i do enjoy nick being on and i said it when he was on the first time with andrew that his recap almost makes me want to start watching the show again yeah and i'm so glad that they have somebody on who knows what they're talking about just knows because it decreases yes. well it decreases the number of frustrated stens page posts yes, you get true right <laughs> And I I was really delighted because Luke would make one of his normal comments like, I don't understand why this person does this. And Nick would say, well, the reason that they do that is because of this thing that's in the history. And then remember Mm -hmm. back in book two when this happened and Luke's like, oh, that is a good explanation. (laughs) That does make sense. (laughs) Nick's great. All right, let's go to Thursday, number 2443, stuck between a Yaris and a lighthouse. <laughs> and the Yaris just can get no love from Luke. Um, so Luke is at Wash Wash and Dormat. I think it's because he was going to San Francisco, right? Didn't yes. he do Wait Wait yeah. in San Francisco? Okay, so he's back on his around the country grind. Um, they do some weird deep dive on the tall ships drop again (laughs) and i was like wait what's happening i don't understand (laughs) and this is where we find out that uh andrew has his thrive meeting with nate after the show and he forgot to send his attachments so he needs to get that done uh he's also going to be on a podcast called play me out with henry stoddard i've never heard of this i think he mentioned it briefly like last week or the week before but um, but he needs advice from Luke because it's what they refer to as a broken comedian genre podcast, which is perfect. Yes. I love that. There's so there many are. broken comedian podcasts yes, there out are. there. <laughs> but the conceit of this is that you pick uh, songs to get you through the five stages of grief, plus a song for your funeral. And Andrew, of course, has been putting a lot of thought into this, but he needs help with an anger song. And so they talk about this for a while, but I could have told them right up at the front, you can't get invite advice on a a song. I mean, it's such no. a personal yeah. thing, right? That was never going to 
lead them to any any solid ideas. Well, and true to form, nothing happens. No. No, no. Um, except that there is a long talk about Ugly Kid Joe, which is a band that I had nothing to do with. So I guess it was mostly all over my head. And uh, ends up with Luke just sort of naming albums, which seem to be sort of various puns uh, off of things. Uh, uh, the only thing that perked my ears up was they were talking about the album Menace to Sobriety. And he said that the kid who's on the album cover is wearing a dirndl. And I went, wait, that is a dress. That is a traditional German dress. <laughs> he was not wearing a dirndl. He was wearing possibly lederhosen. <laughs> But okay, so I I don't I don't really uh, know anything about that, but uh, but I thought that sounded like an interesting podcast. Yes, I'll listen if when Andrew Andrew's on gets it. That all, yeah. yeah. I feel like um, to get into being able to pick those songs is you have to decide what you're grieving from, because if it's like a breakup, th- those would be different songs than if it was a death, right? Sure, and but the and the other question I had is what. What is the purpose of these songs? Is it to help you get over the thing? Is it to like empathize with how you're feeling? Like, are they supposed to match how you feel? Or are they supposed to be contrary to how you feel? Right. So I guess maybe questions. that's part of the. Yeah, I guess we should listen to the show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose that that's where the interest comes in and in seeing how people interpret yeah. that. I do have a whole iTunes playlist called Angry that I Ooh. listen to when I'm mad. Um, like I want something loud and aggressive. Um, and what I usually do when I'm angry, I've probably mentioned this on the show is I get in the car and I drive and I listen to really loud music and I go to the grocery store (laughs) and I go grocery shopping and it makes me feel better and I don't know why, but it works. So I usually, that's when I'm listening to my angry podcast or angry playlist. What are some, what are some hits on there? Um, there's a lot of Vince Staples. Um, he is really, he has a lot of anger, a lot of understandable anger, and he raps about it in a really excellent and angry way. Um, LP is great for that. Kendrick Lamar is great for that. Um, Schoolboy Q. Let's see. Mostly rappers on this list. (laughs) But it's good. It's helpful. It's like cathartic. Mm hmm. Um, okay, let's see. The top story for the day is that the restaurant in the Space Needle got a really terrible review in the Seattle Times. They never actually ended up saying what the name of the restaurant is. Christy, do you know? Oh. Or is it just the restaurant in the the Space Needle? It's called like Sky... Revelations or... They change it all the time. Oh, so it doesn't even really matter (laughs) what the name is in that case. Um, Sky, Wait, City Sky City at the needle. Yeah, yeah. It used to be called Revelations or Revolutions or something. Um, oh, that makes sense. If you guys haven't read this review, is so funny. It's yes. worth reading the whole thing. <laughs> it's great. Uh, Andrew decides that the author is it Bethany Bethany Jean yes. uh, Clement yes. is his soulmate yeah. because <laughs> he, she he was upset to her. by exactly the same things. Yeah. <laughs> And the review is so that's what it takes. The review is called "Sorrow at the Space Needle." Yeah. <laughs> uh, Luke's review is a little more succinct than Bethany and Andrews. He just said it's bad and expensive. Yes, yeah, agree. Um, 
so there are there's a lot of sort of uh, interesting things going on with this restaurant. Like they're actually going to be shutting down for a hundred million dollar renovation Oof. that's going to last some some uh, months. Uh, but whenever people try to interview them about how the food will change, they're like, "It's gonna look really great <laughs> in here." So there doesn't seem to be a a plan, at least mm-hmm. not now, for changing the food in any specific way. So it seems like that's um, that's probably a disaster waiting to happen. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that it sucks because, as Andrew says, you don't have to hire good staff because you don't care about repeat business because mm-hmm. this is for tourists. This right. is a $50 minimum order. Is it minimum per person, per person or minimum per check? Per person. Yeah. Per person. Okay. So... They're they're gonna get their a hundred two hundred dollars off of everybody, and then they don't care if they like it or don't like it. And it's really not about the food; it's about the view, right? Yeah, but they could have repeat business. That's the problem. Yeah, and they keep doing yep. these renovations. Like everything's gonna be so different, and it keeps getting worse. I think they really need to have one of the local celebrity chefs come in and take it over, like a Tom Douglas or Ethan Stoll, and then it would be like people would line up to go. Yeah, it's it seems like yeah. a shame that and that's what they say in the review too. It's a shame that there are so many talented chefs there and they aren't using them because it could be a gem. Yes. It could be a total local gem that that even people who live in Seattle want to go to all right. the time. Right. Yeah, what if you had like a like an anniversary that you wanted to go to a really cool mm-hmm. restaurant or how about um kids going to prom? Right. And would and maybe that do used that? to be one of the things and it's just not anymore Hmm. but um luke was right in saying if you want that if you want nostalgic seattle amazing expensive food you have to go to canlis because everyone needs to do that at least once um it it was also on master chef master chef that's the one where the bunch of chefs cook right like against each that other. That describes like every <laughs> cooking show on earth. <laughs> Would they like live in a house together? So it's kind of like real world plus cooking. Oh boy. Right? I don't well, know. Well, they had MasterChef Seattle. Uh, that's not MasterChef. That's Hell's Kitchen. Oh, no, that that's one Gordon too. Ramsay, right? Yeah, yeah. No, this is... Oh, this is, MasterChef is Gordon Ramsay oh, too. Boy. It's all Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> so th- there's one where they... So, no, gosh, I, I wish I remember. But anyways, it was in Seattle and they did the canless salad, which is like a famous salad... Um, that since it's opened and I, I feel like it opened in the fifties, but it's, it's beautiful, better view than the space needle, better food. There you go. <laughs> All right. I'm putting it on my list. <laughs> um, but what's really going to sell this new version of the space needle restaurant is the glass floors they're putting in. Ooh. Scary! I don't like it. Yeah. I'm not even afraid of heights, yes. and and glass floors scare the crap out of me. We were at the CN Tower yeah. one time, and they've got one of those. Th- it's not the whole thing, but when you get up to the top, you can walk over a very, very yeah, yeah. thick glass floor, and it is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, and of course, Andrew is is going to have absolutely nothing to do with this, but he also brings up some more practical concerns, like how do you keep a glass fl- floor clean? No. The one at CN was, was kind like, yeah, of scuffed up. Do? It was kind of gross and 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 like filmy looking. Yeah, I feel like well, it's gonna... then what's even the point? I don't know. To scare little kids, I guess so. 
but that is restaurant talk. Oh, and the the other thing that I really liked in this section was that Luke was talking about how we know that he loves uh, looking out at vistas <laughs> and kind of thinking about life. And uh, he shared a great Carrie quote. She sometimes says to him, are you going to go do some staring? It's <laughs> cute. She knows her husband. Yep. Yes. Yep. Before we get um, corrections, it's Top Chef I was thinking of. Ah, okay. Okay. Good. Um, moving on to uh, other things related to Luke's life desires. <laughs> there are six lighthouses that are up for sale in the... Was it, it was five of them were in Michigan, and one of them, I think, was in Maryland. Um, and they have minimum bids as low as $10,000. So you can buy a a lighthouse for the the price of a Yaris. <laughs> oh, poor Yaris. <laughs> this was appealing to me. I mean, I grew up around all the lighthouses on Lake Michigan and they are really beautiful and they're um, historic and antique and, and wonderful. And I kind of have reservations about just random people buying them yes. because they're, they're landmarks. Yeah. It makes me kind of sad yeah. that maybe they'll get... I hope they are done responsibly and, and remain intact. But who knows? If you're just selling them to people, you can do whatever they want with them. Well, they were... I don't remember if... Oh, yeah. Luke and Andrew did talk about this. Was that for some of them, the lighthouse component does actually have to remain functional. So the government comes and does whatever oh, they do with that. Because they do it's serve the a actual, purpose still. Yeah. The, just the living quarters... Uh, would be the possession of whoever bought it. And I did go to whatever government website that was, the auction website, and there are pictures of some of the interiors, and they are rough. Mm. I, I mean, it's bad. This guy that they were quoting in the article who said that he bought it for $10,000, but it was, you know, uh, what did he Tens say? The contractor was gonna, yeah, the contractor was gonna charge him th- uh, three hundred to four hundred thousand. So yeah. he said, "Oh hell no, I'll do it myself." And I think he said it was like thirty thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's that much work. And there was a couple of them where I, I could, you could see like like a busted out kitchen kind of, so you could see what the structure was supposed to be. But f- some of it was just complete trash. <sighs> so I don't know. That would be oh no, and it would be off. I mean, Andrew points out rightly that. You know, you don't know cold until you have spent it, <laughs> you know, in one of these lakes out in the middle of the wind and to have to live that if you had to live there over winter, it would be prison. It would be horrible, horrible. Yeah. yeah. No, no, thanks. But it would be cool if it was all fixed up and nice. I would want to stay there for like an Airbnb. Oh, sure. I wouldn't want to own one. But yeah, in the summer. <laughs> Yeah, staying for a weekend as an Airbnb would be a good thing. But if you yes. live there and like Andrew said, you can't just, you know, run down to the grocery store every day as you like to do. Um, I Yeah, that would get old really fast if you had to like get in a boat anytime you wanted to go anywhere. But, you know, it's it speaks to Luke for, I don't know, his mm-hmm. solitude, his vistas yeah. and his yep, staring. This, it's a, a lot of staring. It's all you can do. Yep. Uh, and watch a lot of sports, yep. I guess, would be the other thing that he would do. <laughs> and podcast. Um, then they move on to talking about Bill Murray. The The musical version of Groundhog Day opened on Broadway. So Bill Murray went and really, really loved it and told the cast he would be back. And they didn't realize that he meant tomorrow. <laughs> so he came back again. <laughs> They get a little bit sidetracked on talking about Groundhog Day and whether this is one of 
Bill Murray's best performances. And so they bring up some of his other movies like Rushmore and Caddyshack and What About Bob? Um, I don't know. I'm a fan of Ghostbusters, but oh, yeah. <laughs> it's because yeah. I'm a child of the <laughs> 80s. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen the entire um, movie of Groundhog Day. Really? Really? Oh, I think good. I've seen chunks, but I don't know which chunks I've seen, you know, since it's the same day over and over <laughs> and over. Um, you have to get through and just pretend Andy McDowell is not in it. Yeah, her acting She's is really terrible. <laughs> yeah, but she had a thing like early in the 90s. Everyone I don't had get an it. Andy McDowell thing for a while. I just think of her weird. as a Revlon makeup model now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then... They were talking about uh, how he was visibly emotional, and they're trying to figure out why. I guess I I would not uh, try to psychoanalyze Bill Murray's moods. I think that's a yeah. tricky proposition. And then they talked about how the cast was younged up and attractive up. So the lead actor is much younger and, as Luke likes to say, more conventionally attractive than Bill Murray. Well, of course. Bill Murray is 66 years old. Right. What do you expect? It's a but love story. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. But even in even in his heyday, he wasn't attractive, right? He was funny. No. He was, he was funny, a good actor. Yeah. He was funny and he had a he has a certain, you know, twinkly yeah, charisma yeah. that's very appealing. But I don't know. When when you're on Broadway, you got to play to those for back, sure. back right, for sure. Twinkly charisma is not going to do it. In emails for the day, somebody pointed out uh, that Andrew doesn't specify who, that they're actually using the wrong Doogie music. They're using the title credits, not the part of Doogie where he's actually typing into his MS-DOS <laughs> journal. That would be more appropriate. But two on the nose? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Probably. But they decide they're not going to change it at this point. No. So. That would take about 30 minutes of editing yeah yeah oh oh and, and three hours of discussion <laughs> we get a voicemail from eric who they believe was the original person to call in or write in about listening to dbtl at half speed so that luke and andrew would sound super drunk and he's got an excerpt of this slowed down triangle of death slash fire from tuesday which is much more funny and than the actual conversation right yep it's pretty it's funny so <laughs> it was pretty good so funny. my hat is off to eric because i listen at one and a half speed so it's over sooner so he's really <laughs> committed <laughs> he can't listen to the whole thing at half speed i right? hope not he must have an ear for what parts would be really funny yeah. slowed down yeah. i hope so this gets them into talk about actually drinking while recording and they make the point that they don't drink while recording except when they do except except when they do (laughs) and all those friday nights on the radio Mm -hmm. (laughs) but only the pool show and ball games apparently Mm -hmm. is when they drink because they are paranoid about sounding drunk uh, and Andrew does say that, or remind us that he was so drunk that he just couldn't finish that Super Bowl show when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's fortuitous they bring that up because we just played that clip on the clip show with Kalina yep. a few weeks ago. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, that was wise that Andrew didn't try to... Mm-hmm. I mean, cause, because Luke was... was uh, lubricated enough by alcohol as it was at the end there but i think he holds it better 
than just about anybody yeah. I've ever yeah. heard. <laughs> um, and then they talk about this fight between Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. I don't know. How did they? I think it was, oh, because Andrew had started drinking really early because he had to save the table for the Super Bowl. And then something about saving. I don't know. Anyway, we get into this story about this, this fight that's coming up and how Luke and Andrew both want to watch it, but Floyd Mayweather is a pretty bad person and they don't want to pay for the fight because they don't want to put any more money in his pocket and that maybe they'll just go to a bar instead where, you know, the bar had already purchased it and was planning on showing it anyway. So in that way, they can be resolved of any culpability for allowing a bad person to prosper. And I see some problems with that <laughs> line of argument, but <laughs> I, I'm never going to convince them otherwise, I think. Fun fact about Floyd Mayweather Jr. is he was uh, born in Grand Rapids, Michigan, not far from where my dad lives. Oh, Great claim to fame. <laughs> Local boy made good. Uh, except not. <laughs> He's terrible. All right. Uh, Friday, 2444, flashes of coincidence. Luke is in San Francisco for Wait, Wait, and uh, looking out the window of his hotel at a Cessna uh, advertising a weed festival. And it seems that it's either all the smoke from British Columbia has, <laughs> has blown down there or it's just the weed festival. Um, they they claim that they're going to keep this show tight uh, and with no audio problems. And right as they say that, there were a bunch of audio crackles. I know that was funny. <laughs> this whole week sounds like they were recording in front of a campfire. It was fine. It didn't bother me that much. Not as much as it seemed oh, to bother no. them. I didn't really even notice it until they started talking yeah, about it, too. to tell you the truth. Then once they bring it up, and I think you mentioned it, Meredith, and I was like, wait, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of cracks and popple popples. Yeah, that's a word. <laughs> Throughout the whole week, I thought. Um, they talk, unfortunately, for a long time about the picnic food assignments, and I fell asleep. <sighs> um, Do you know what you're supposed to bring? Or did you fall Lord. asleep? I, I, did. I fell asleep. Uh, Andrew wants to swap it out. Um, so that the same people aren't bringing the same thing as last time. This is so incredibly boring. Um, but Anne did something that um, maybe you should talk about it, Anne. And I've been wanting to do this for a while, and you actually had the took the initiative to do it. Well, I just got frustrated because they have the same conversation every year about how Luke thinks that there's too many desserts at Potlucks, which is an assertion that I would argue with anyway. And um, and so they want to kind of uh, divide up the alphabet so that they get the right proportion of things. But then they just go into the like, well, what if we did A through I? That's nine letters. And let's put it. But J through P, there's a good chunk of the alphabet there. So that'll be. And I'm <sighs> like, if you're going to do anything more than a straight alphabetical split, why don't you just get the data? And so I Googled like a uh, last name, first letter distributions. I was like, nothing's going to come up. And you know what I got? Data from the 2000 census. Boom. Mm. <laughs> right there in the first result. So I just made a chart of all of the percentages for each letter. And I thought, okay, I'm going to check and see how this worked out for them in the the divisions that they came mm -hmm. up with. So 
we ended up with uh, A through I, which is 42% of people have last names in that range or in those letters, and that's going to be the main, which sounds like Luke will be pleased with that. J through P is 30% of people, which will be dessert, which is too many, apparently. Mm-hmm. And R through Z uh, is 28% of people bringing salad. I, I mean, yes, you're totally right that there's no such thing as too much dessert. So this whole discussion is insane. Um, it's based on a false premise. Right. We're making a lot of assumptions, too, that everyone's going to bring what they're supposed to bring. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I think you're right that um, this is, pro- you know, the, the, the tens are probably a representative sample of the last name distribution in the United States. So I applaud your methodology. And I think... Uh, this is a useful tool, but if you send it to them, they will roundly ignore it, I'm sure. I don't know. What do you think? Should I post it on Sten's page and, and tag Andrew? Ooh, yes. Because I feel like I would have a better chance of getting his attention. You're tag him right. and then call him dumb. <laughs> <laughs> You've they been doing a that. terrible job with yeah. this. So here, let me help you. <laughs> tag Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is my wish, is that they would have some kind of ticketing system where you pay maybe $10, $15 and then bring in like food trucks or some kind of catering mm-hmm. so that, well, mostly because I hate Pollux, but um, then you don't have to worry about the food and also you would have an actual headcount. They have no idea. Yes. There could be 10 people coming. There could be 450 and you kind right. of have to know those things. Um, so, yeah, I guess my event planner brain is like, this is not good. Well, yeah. And we have for our picnic, there's a Facebook invite. So at least we have a general idea. Right. <sighs> and a spreadsheet telling you what you have to bring. So you better do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> we learned that Luke barely knows the alphabet. He's got to sing it in his head every time. This is pretty oh, funny. Dear. Uh, and we get to throw your... F- and he missed X, by the way. <laughs> oh, no, he totally did. He missed X. And Andrew swapped a U and V yep. when he was right. trying to count With backwards. With their foolproof method of singing the whole song until and then stopping when you get at the next one. Yeah. A few times I forgot what they were doing. And then he would just like say, why? What? Yeah, these long gaps yeah. between the letters. <laughs> We got to throw your phone from listener Justina, and she said, oh, for the love of Pete, stop with the alphabet talk. This is so boring and forever taking. Okay, I feel better now. We're here for you. This is why we have throw your phone. It's for you to vent. Uh, Top story today is that this really awful story about an American named Eric Belquist who was arrested for knocking a woman into the road while jogging in, where was this, in London? Uh And she was almost killed. And Luke very sensitively calls that being Gallagherized. Yeah, that's a pretty awful well, way to describe so it. So we should say that this guy, this American guy, Eric Bell, what do we say? Belquist, Bell- I think. Cord? Belquist, thank you. Uh, he was like, yeah, it wasn't me. I was in America. So his lawyers say that he can actually prove that he was out of the country. Mm-hmm. So the, he was not the person that did it. I I watched the video, which is pretty horrifying. Yeah. Um, And he does look like the guy in the video. I mean, he looks really similar, but, you know, sort of white guy of a certain age and a certain fitness wearing a T-shirt and shorts. Yeah. All white guys kind of look the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's pretty it's pretty awful because when you see the video, again, they, you know, confusingly described a visual medium on a podcast. Mm -hmm. But he this jogger was running towards the woman and there was another random person who was walking in front of her that this jogger avoided 
And then he just stepped over and pushed her off. The sidewalk wasn't crowded. There was no reason for him to done that. There was easily like two, you know, big people wide space on the sidewalk that he could have just gone through. He did it for no other reason but to push her. This is horrifying. Yes. Well, and then the, the, the video shows him jogging back over the bridge and ignoring her. Yeah. I mean, he sounds like the world's worst human. Did he have, I I don't forgot to look to see if I could tell if he had like earbuds in or something that would, you know, maybe give. But does he not even stop? Like this woman is getting medical attention and he doesn't even like pay any mind. I think he probably knew what he was doing. He just shoved her and continued on his way. I, I am flabbergasted. Luke said he's sort of okay with this because he has many, many a time been annoyed with people's, he calls it, he's trying to say proprioception. He calls it something weird, like prioperception, I think. Um, And, but proprioception is just the awareness of one's physical body and space, um, which makes sense. And look, I mean, if there was a bus running through the grocery store, I would push 95% of the other shoppers in front of it. <laughs> yes. Like I, it's one of my hugest pet peeves of people just like, you know, just letting their cart trail off and then blocking the whole aisle mm-hmm. or standing there talking to people in the middle of the thing and not even noticing that there's anyone behind you. I'll just stand there and stare at them <laughs> Yep. and like, let my anger just boil up into my eyes. And then when they finally yep. notice me yep. they're Oh, I'm sorry. And I just stare daggers into their face and, and walk past. <laughs> I hate those people. I hate them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Luke, what Luke's been doing is scuffing his feet to kind of try to make himself known to the people in front of him. And this is a problem with joggers. I mean, you just kind of have to shout out, I think, like, I'm behind you. Um, that's something that, that yeah. people on bikes will do. You know, they'll yeah. say right side, left side, and that's good bike right. etiquette. And, and sort of... Or some people have still have bells. Well, right. And that's what it made me think. It's like joggers need some sort of equivalent. If they're not going to yell, they need some sort of equivalent to a bell, like... Run around with a clown horn. I, mm-hmm. I'd be in favor of that. <laughs> honka, honka. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of my way. Uh, Luke is also confused and annoyed by bikers on the street, but he also thinks that cities should support bike riders, which, of course, they should. Uh, and we do have to find a better way of having cars and bikes commingle on the road because what we've got right now is terrible and dangerous yes. and scary. I know. Bikes aren't allowed to ride on the sidewalk, but if they ride in the street, they risk getting pancaked yeah they i feel like there needs to be um if you're gonna ride a bike almost a license to and which teach it not license but a um maybe like a driver's ed of how to share the streets and it needs to be more emphasized in driver's ed too Mm -hmm. we have this i mean that's a good idea it's crazy and the cyclers on those trails are such dicks like they think they own it where it's not it's for every everybody and mm-hmm. all your taxes pay for it and they're just like if there's little kids they'll just be like on your left god and then they give you like dirty looks as they pass by and there are official speed limits but they don't post them but they just don't even care about the speed limits and they go past like specifically that burt gilman trail is filled with dicks well and like so duff's dad lived in new york city when he was young and uh, near Prospect Park. He lived in Brooklyn. And and he was part of this group of cyclists. He's actually a cyclist still in, in Italy. He does cycling tours. He's kind of living the dream. Um, but in New York, yeah. he was in with this this group of professional cyclists, and they would ride through Prospect Park. And, and even still, a lot of professional cyclists and really serious cyclists do this. And you have to, you're taking your life into your hands when you cross the 
the trails there, the streets. I mean, there's no cars on them, but the bikes are going so mm-hmm. fast that you can get like totally run over yeah. if you're not careful. They'll come out of nowhere. They'll come around the corner, this big pack of bikers. Um, and you just really have to watch yourself as a pedestrian. It's scary because they're going, you know, 30, 40 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, boy. Um, okay. So this is the grossest top story of the whole week. Uh, this is about sponges. Uh, there's some German university... Uh, that identified that there's about 82 billion bacteria in one cubic inch of sponge, which is the same concentration as poop. So it's sort of like you're washing your dishes with a turd. (laughs) Well, now, I don't understand this because I didn't actually read the study because God save me from ever reading a study about poop. But when they say it's 82 million bacteria, it's not necessarily the same bacteria that are in poop, right? Well, no, no. It's the same, it's the same concentration. concentration of bacteria, but it doesn't specify what type. But do they weigh more? That's the question I want to know. <laughs> um, well, yeah, th- that that is not answered by them anyway. I, I didn't read the study either. They do say that one of the bacteria is probably what's responsible for that musty smell of dirty laundry, and they discuss whether that's if you leave it in the washer too long or if it's just dirty laundry. Those are probably two different things. Mm-hmm. And stinky, because I think stinky sponges smell musty like you know wet laundry that's been left yep. in the washer too long. Agree. That's a pretty terrible smell, and it doesn't. You have to wash it again mm-hmm. to get rid of it. Um, and then they talk about what they use for their dishes. Luke uses, um, like, it sounds like a plastic brush. And Andrew used, I'm really surprised that Andrew uses a sponge wand, given how, you know, what a, a neat Nick and clean freak mm-hmm. he is. Um, Mm -hmm. and he said he throws it away pretty regularly, but he's going to start throwing it away more. And then wonders if this study was, uh, uh, supported by big sponge. (laughs) 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 Um, I use one of those brush wands. It's got like nylon bristles and I let it, it's got, they've got little stands. And so they dry out between uses and I do change them pretty regularly. So hopefully it's not horrible. I don't know. Hmm. Well, I just use regular sponges and mine never smell. I don't know what people are talking about. I, I mean, don't, you rinse I your sponge out, any, right? Like you I squeeze it out, it, you get the stuff out, and then you dry it. Use lots of soap. You think the soap would contribute to keeping the bacteria down? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I am not a big sponge changer. But just because I never identify anything wrong with them, they they never smell to me. When they start to fall apart, then I change right. them. Well, and they also talk about the conventional um, advice to boil them or microwave them or put them in the dishwasher actually just kills the weak bacteria and makes the strong ones stronger, which is kind of scary. Uh-huh. You're just creating super bugs on your sponge. Yeah, I need so, more data. I need a just different throw them I need away. more studies on this. I mean, I'm not going to keep a sponge like an heirloom or something. But well, no. No. <laughs> to say after one week or something, you have to clean it. If it doesn't stink and it doesn't look gross and it's not all slimy and gross, it, I don't know. Well, and bacteria can't grow on things when they dry out really well. So just dry out your sponge. Right. It'll last longer. You don't have to keep buying them. But on the other hand, you can get like an eight pack of those like really flat packed sponges at Trader Joe's for like $2 or something. Right. Yeah. No, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um. We get an email from listener Scotty talking about Rick Riz how, and how much he loves A League of Their Own. I think we've uh, covered that. But he says it's because um, the Mariners' first base coach, uh, Casey Candell, I think, um, his mother was the person who Gina Davis's character was based on. So that's a, that's a fun I love that tidbit. Heat. Yeah. That's really cool. And I, when I rewatched it last night, and you know that when they begin a movie, they'll often put the um, a title with where it's 
where the first scene is set, sure. and it said Willamette, Oregon, right? Oregon? It said Willamette. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hey. That makes sense. That does, sounds right. Does that seem like he would be a lot older, though? I mean, because didn't that uh-huh. happen? What war was that? World War II? Uh-huh. Well, he's the coach, right? He's not a... Oh. Let's see how old he is. He's the um, the first base coach. Oh, that that's different. So let's see. <laughs> I thought they were saying first baseman, like, as in a 20-year-old kid. It sounds then- like he played in the MLB, it looks like, from 86 to 97. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and now he currently yeah. serves. So, yeah, he was, he's 56. Okay. That makes that makes more sense. <laughs> and his mother is Helen Callahan. Interesting, huh? Okay. And yeah. then Luke also talks a little bit about how good baseball announcers are at being quiet, which is a skill that a lot of people <laughs> don't have. <laughs> like just letting the sounds of the crowd and the, you know, the the planes flying overhead and how that's kind of an art form and he appreciates it. And that is kind of nice. Um even as a non-sport person, I kind of enjoy that cadence. Um so moving on to music for your weekend, Luke brings us uh, a song called Shark Smile by Big Thief. Andrew gives us Kesha's new song with Dolly Parton called Old Flames Can't Hold a Candle to You. Very clever mm-hmm. title. Mm-hmm. And listener David gives us Romeo's Tune by Steve Forbert. All right. Housekeeping. Um <laughs> Um, we have awesome merch in the merch store. Hopefully a lot of people wear theirs to the picnic. I saw some last minute orders and I was upgrading some shipping to get those out as soon as possible, hoping. Um, if you would like to archive, we would love to have you. Um, we're kind of slowing down um, and that would be nice if we could get current. And um, as an incentive, we do have a contest, which is wagons full of loot Every day that you archive, you are entered into a contest, and then we do a drawing once a month, and then one of us send you awesome stuff in the mail. You can help us out by shopping on our Amazon link, which is littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon, and buy whatever you want, and we'll get a couple pennies. And then this week's Earbuds and Earworms is Morning the End of Summer. So that should be interesting. Everyone should go listen to that. Oh, man. I know. I don't want to think about I that. I it's think, not over yet. I think they go back to school now. Ugh. Oh, boy. Yeah. I learned that like 75% of the U.S. goes back mid-August. Isn't that weird? I believe yeah. it. I think there are some districts here that do that. We're, we, we start the week after Labor Day, like the Wednesday. That's so, how it should be. Yeah, we're still full on summer mode. Hopefully we actually get some sun after after this rain. Um, and then send in your favorite LRB moments so we can have a best of show at the end of the year. All right. If you want to get involved with the show, you can visit us on our website, littleredbandwagon.com. Uh, you can send us your hug your phone or throw your phone moments at throwyourphone.com. We love reading those. We can't read them all on the show because sometimes we get a ton of them, but we, we do read them all and love them and laugh at them. Visit us on Facebook. Um, <laughs> Anne has a note here to please like us on Facebook because we are currently stuck at 666 <laughs> likes and it's freaking her out. So go it Little Red Bandwagon on Facebook and please give us a like so we can get off the devil's number. <laughs> or unlike us, right? Yeah, I guess. Just one. We'd, we'd like I mean, more likes. Though. That's not the preferred yeah. direction, <laughs> but okay. We need one person to take take it for the team. 
like or un. <laughs> the, the problem is that somebody will like us and it'll be 667 and then somebody will unlike <laughs> no. us and it goes back to 666. Yeah, I've been seeing that all week too and, and feeling a little unsettled about it. <laughs> Um, our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that, Anne, why don't you get us out of here? Shouldn't Christy do it? Oh, All right. <laughs> with that, Christy, <laughs> I mean, why don't you get hard. us out of here? <laughs> Until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Jen. Sort of nailed it. That's <laughs> what happens Kinda. when you let the women podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Did we smash the patriarchy? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's good enough. Good enough. <laughs> <laughs>